You're listening to Level Up with Melissa Zalouf from Iron Source. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Level Up, the podcast for people who love making, growing, and of course, playing mobile games. For our listeners, the first Level Up episode, which was ever recorded, was actually recorded with Dan Greenberg about two and a half, three years ago. Uh, and this episode, which features Dan once again, uh, kicks off a new mini-series on creatives in mobile gaming, which is going to dive into everything from how to build a kick-ass creative team to an amazing ad and a great campaign. As I said, this episode features Dan Greenberg, who is IronSource's Chief Design Officer, and we are going to be talking about why creative is important today. Uh, and given that it is, and you're going to tell us why, how do we build a creative, a winning creative team? Uh, but maybe before we do that, I'll I'll tell people why you're qualified to talk about this topic. I could let you do it, but I'm going to because I know enough. Uh, so you actually founded Playworks, which is IronSource's in-house creative studio. Uh, you took it from inception to what it is today, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is a 38-person strong global team, uh, which has produced over 4,000 creatives for games ranging from Call of Duty Mobile to Homescapes. So tell me... Uh, why, from your perspective, having worked in this space for a while, why have creatives become so important in the game industry in the last couple of years? So I think uh, this topic is not like, it's actually what we talked about in 2019 a lot. It was like, um, I think it's well established today that um, in any any serious um, uh, game business that runs today has to has to have like a very strong creative arm in order to run the, the user acquisition. Um, it just as things become more and more automated, I think, uh, and again, it's something that uh, most of us are feeling it. Um, the, the only thing that can really change a campaign uh, to the better or to the worst, let's say I take it to the better, um, is the creative, because this is kind of also the one of the last elements which are very human-centric, they're very based on experience, and it's not something that you can, like... Uh, automate. Automate, uh, or uh, make it uh, programmatic. Might change over time, but still, uh, it's not there. And um, there's something about also the gaming industry that um, sometimes we feel like it's been forever, but it's actually a very, very young industry, and user acquisition gaming is, is actually very, very, uh, very, very young still. It's been just, like, a few years uh, since it started, um, so just understanding the the value of it and also implementing it and creating the teams to that can run creative is all new to to most uh, most uh, game studios out there. But today, I think it's very already very well known. Uh, it gets a lot of attention, way more than than we started uh, doing it for our clients. Um, but uh, again, it's also always evolving and it's very very dynamic. So you said it's it's well established that creative is important. Now, how do you build that team? How do you make sure, especially in something that requires probably both kind of right and left brain uh, capabilities, what are the kind of must-have traits you look for in new talent? So th- there's a few things which I think are very important. Um, and again, um, I think it is very very well connected to, to what you said about the fact that you need to be a very like well-rounded person in order to work in an environment that is very 
data-driven and performance-driven, but also very, very creative. Um, and I think um, it's kind of also, uh, for me, and I think for most of my team, it's a super, super interesting uh, place to be at where you can combine uh, so, so, uh, so such different things in, in one place. Um, so it kind of, it kind of reflects on each individual in the team, but also the way the team is built that everyone has like a few tricks up their sleeves. So you can be, uh, either it could be like a motion designer, but we, you, that really loves data and like, like wants to see the, the numbers all the time. Or uh, you can be an analyst that comes from from the numbers, but also really, really likes the creative. Um, I, I see that a lot in, in interviews that I do uh, for new team members. That, like, for example, if I'm talking with someone that comes from like the performance side or the or the or the data side, that being part of a creative team is a very very big incentive for them because I think. Um, once you're really good at data and, uh, and like analyzing uh, campaigns and stuff like that, it's really interesting to go to like the higher level in which that and that is the experience level. So I th- I think like today most of like the most talented individuals have all of these things together, and also again as a team it's very multidisciplinary. So uh, in the same team we are we have. Um, the performance guys, we have the uh, uh, designers, the game designers, the product people, the R&D. So everything is within that one group, uh, which allows us to really get to like the highest levels of understanding and, and building the best tools. In the end, creating the, the creatives that big the, bring the, the biggest uh, performance. Um, how a big part of this, you've talked about data and you've talked about skill sets like motion designers, etc. Um, and about performance, which is obviously very data oriented. How do you create a, um, how do you encourage creativity? We are going to actually, spoiler alert, going to have a whole episode on this with Playworks' creative lead. Uh, but what kind of atmosphere or what trait do you look for? If you are looking for team members that are um, multidisciplinary will bring together a bunch of different skills. What is what is a kind of um, the indicator for you that they have creative potential? So I, I think one of the like the I think the main thing that I'm, I'm looking for, what I see in my my team members is uh, is curiosity. I think in the end, uh, it doesn't matter what is your specific uh, profession or like what is the thing that you do best. There is something which should like underline each each person in the team, which is I think his level of curiosity. Always asking why this works or not, or why this trend is happening in the market, and looking actively looking for stuff, not just waiting for uh, uh, for someone to tell you uh, what what should you do. So I think if if if, if you are an individual that has this curiosity, I think you can learn a lot of the other stuff. Uh, but I think that 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 part of your personality is either you have it or not, or it should be like, uh, we always encourage that and try to always like develop it within the team. And after you've hired the right candidates, um, 
and assuming that you've done so well, which you have a history of doing, how do you then create an atmosphere and a culture in which they can thrive? Uh, also, how do you how do you build a um, a culture of of creativity with people that are data driven? Um, how do you sort of bridge multidisciplinary gaps or disciplinary gaps? So, what is what is that? What is the playworks or what is the the ideal creative environment look like? So I, th- I think it's a combination of two things which are actually uh, contradicting each other. So first of all, it's a very trust-based environment, meaning that most of our most of our projects or most of our creatives are are actually um, there is no like very strict um, plan uh, on on what to do, and we actually leave a lot of open room for the creative. Creative people, and it could be also, by the way, the developer that is working on the playable, um, to think and to propose and to change the the way the creative is shaped. And sometimes um, it means that something won't work, right? So the the creative uh, could could be bad, just won't hit the mark. Um, but I think that this is this is very critical to create a, like a, a very good creative environment. Um, this is a place where no idea is a bad idea until we see the finished product. And then this is the other side. We have a very, very, uh, very, very strong uh, culture of also critiquing each other. So in the end, you can be part of the process and be the person that creates this specific creative. And again, you get all the freedom to do to take any decision that you think will be will make it right. But in the end, we also uh, we have very like uh, rigorous uh, playtesting uh, and uh, and like creative feedback uh, process that you can get from. By the way, open to all of the teams. So me as an analyst, I can I can I can give you feedback on on the creative that you did, uh, even if I'm not part of the of the creative process. And this way, and, and we do it in a very open and very, very direct uh, manner, um, because in the end, uh, we really want to make sure that we are doing the best uh, creative that we can, that will drive uh, maximum performance for our clients. Um, so there is kind of this mixed uh, culture of, first of all, trusting and giving you like uh, openness to do whatever you think will do. That we, uh, to do everything that you think that will work well, and um, you know, on the other end, also getting very direct feedback on what you're doing. That sometimes could be very can bum you out because you thought you did a good job. Uh, but again, this is why we are a team, and, and this is why, uh, in the end, I think we we deliver creatives that are uh, are re- really like leading the industry. And let's talk about uh, operations now that we've talked about nice abstract concepts like culture. Um, how do you how do you structure the team and how do you run day to day operations in a way that makes sure that creative output uh, is high and also good? Right, it's not just about the number of creatives you're doing, but about um, incrementally making them better. So I, I think this is a topic for probably like four hours of talk. But I think, by the way, this is this is also I think where um, most this is, I think, something we sometimes overlook to the amount of operations that you have in a creative house, um, or at least uh, we were new to this, right? So we had to learn everything from from scratch. We didn't come from this uh, from this industry. So within the operations, I think there is like one 
main principle that guides us is that anything that can be automated or done by a machine should be done by a machine so the person could be free to think and uh, bring is like again human element to a creative so we invest like we have a huge like R&D team and product team just to build tools that allow you to streamline the production to make sure that um, you don't waste any minute on something uh, that you shouldn't do um, also in terms of like automating the way the creatives are uh, are uploaded to the campaigns the way they are monitored after they're online uh, closing uh, closing uh, uh, tickets and and Again, creating like the most automated workflow as possible uh, for any repeated uh, or uh, unnecessary to be done by a person uh, job. I think this is probably the key to creating any efficient uh, creative operation because if you don't do that, there is a very direct correlation between the number of people that you have to the number of creatives you can do. And it's a very unhealthy and it, it's very very quickly becomes um, financially uh, uh, impossible to have like a very strong team, uh, especially if you're like uh, a game studio, uh, which is uh, not that big. Um, so um, always running in parallel in like building the team, but also creating the tools uh, that can allow you to scale the operations. And how are teams structured uh, in Playworks? Is it sort of, you know, you put all the motion designers together, you put all the developers together, you put the game designers together or, or not? So I'm not sure I can, I can give you this information, but uh, I will try. Um, so this is part of our secret sauce, but no, I can share that. I think one of the biggest changes that we did uh, from, from the way we started to the way we are today, and again, we're talking about around 40 people. It's not a small team. Um, uh, in the beginning, we had like teams that were based on their profession. It was very natural to think that okay, let's take all of the motion designers, put them together. Let's take all of the all of the graphic designers. Let's take the, let's take the developers. And we found out that it created two problems. First of all, uh, there is a very big issue with handovers between teams. It's just not efficient and takes time. So if I finish my my part of the creative on on Thursday. And the developer will be ready on next Tuesday. So you can wait a few days just waiting for a person. Like the, the syncing between the teams uh, takes a lot of time. This is one. Second, no matter how much you try to create the motivation in the team, there is an ownership issue that when you divide it between different uh, different people and different teams, it's hard to create that like full ownership that we're talking about. And I think about like a year and a half ago, we changed the model to like a squad-based model. So each um, the, the teams are actually built now from one out of each profession and they all sit uh, together and they work together on the same same uh, same games and same uh, uh, creatives so you have within the same team um, um, all of the functions that need to create a playable a video interactive end card static whatever you want to create uh, you can uh, you can do it within the same team uh, so we eliminated the the time it takes to create a creative, and we eliminated uh, the, the the ownership issue. And it was really that, that's a really significant uh, jump uh, in uh, both uh, quality of what we're producing and also the time to market, which is always super important. 
So I, I want to jump to talking a bit more about the industry um, and not and not just about sort of how, how do you build the team in itself. Do you find, are you seeing more game companies, or maybe let's let's start from where we are today. Are most game companies outsourcing their creative production and operations uh, or not? Uh, and, and is it changing? Yes, that's a great question. So I, I think, I think um, from, from where we stand and we see most of the industry, so we have a good uh, vantage point. Um, I think most big companies already understood that they have to create those teams inside. By the way, it's very different uh, if we split it between uh, videos and playables. So video production is was also from the beginning very in-house um, and uh, I think in the majority of the studios, but playables never became like a, like a, a strong uh, in-house thing besides a few pioneers uh, that took it. For example, Playrix uh, did an amazing job in creating like an in-house playable team. Uh, because they they understood it's uh, very important for their for their business, uh, so I, I'm seeing I'm seeing a very strong shift towards more and more in-house uh, uh, teams. But I think also that there's there is still there's still a way to go. I think throughout 2019, I I, I every time I met with a game studio, I told them that I think this should be like top priority for them because I see the impact. Of when you have a strong enough team and, and when you don't when you don't have one, um, but uh, so the trend is I think towards that. But still, by the way, it is a very big uh, issue with the smaller teams that when they grow, um, it's kind of hard for them to maybe understand the importance of it, um, and, or actually to bet on it versus having more Unity developers for the game, right? So. If I can recommend something, is to always have it like in top priority and like part of the part of really the early steps of building a game studio. Are there any uh, disadvantages to in housing? Yeah. So if there is a disadvantage, is sometimes um, your team becomes a bit narrow in their in their vision. So again. Strong creative teams, even if they're in-house, they will know to look at the market, to, to adopt trends, to find new ideas. Um, but it's hard when you're working every day on the same games. Uh, I think it will be hard. And again, I'm, I'm not at that position, so it's hard for me to tell, but I think that will be the main issue. And what I'm seeing a lot of the times with us is that we become some a partner for the in-house studios, sometimes just to give ideas. So uh, give our own like take, which, which is external um, to the in-house teams that uh, maybe sometimes already feel like, okay, we've done a thousand concepts already. Where can we take this uh, anymore? Um, so I think if there is an issue, it's probably going to be it. But again, the, there's a lot of advantages to why to do it. Uh, and last question, is there one particular takeaway from your experience building up Playworks that you'd like to share beyond the ones you already have that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. So I, I think for me, at least my, my personal takeaway from my, my experience uh, is just like, I think we're working in the coolest industry in the world. So I think uh, being in the rise of mobile gaming, the way it's happening within the, the past few years, it's super exciting uh, for me personally. It took me to places of like you know going to Blizzard's office, which for me is like a dream. 
So to be so to be in this uh, point of time, which is kind of rare to see like a rise of of a, of a huge industry like the mobile gaming, and being part of it and and working with the game studios to help them like scale their games and like create these huge businesses that now like became like the the talk of uh, of of the world. And it's for me it was super super gratifying and and. I think uh, anyone that's part of it should be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear the smile on his face? Um, <laughs> thank you very much, Dan, for that lovely, fun episode. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in next episode uh, where we'll be talking to Elad Gabison, who's creative leader at Playworks, on basically how can you teach yourself to be creative because apparently you don't need to be born with it. <laughs>